I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And we are back for another episode. Sasha, I have to tell you, thank you so much for holding down the fort over the last few weeks. Like, I have been absolutely awful about sharing our podcast, just existing outside <laughs> of the world of Nebraska athletics. So, um... This is a bye week. I feel like I'm kind of coming up for air, but at the same time, I'm not. But I'm yeah. like a little bit more present and I'm like realizing like I've been slacking and slacking quite a bit. How dare you dot com. Right? I need everyone else to just like pull through, like go share these podcasts for me. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Please. No, I well, and I always for whatever reason, Wednesdays seem like just chaos. Um, yeah, but week. uh this week's a little more manageable too. So yeah, it's, it's actually, we talked about this just about a year ago. So it's interesting because it's coming up in my, um, my memories on like Instagram and different places, but uh, the 2020 college football season for mo for a couple of different conferences didn't start until about mid October. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, for me, I like remembering that two month season of 2020 where it kind of spanned like mid October to mid December, almost like, I think actually like the week right before the uh, Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was just kind of like such a bizarre time, but I remember like going into that being like, you know, this is an opportunity for me to kind of like, like reset, like how I approach football season and yeah. you know just fall sports in general, not just football, because obviously, and I think it's important to acknowledge that like fall is not just busy because of football. There's also volleyball, mm -hmm. there's soccer, there's fall baseball and fall softball. There's high school sports. There's so much going on that it's football compounds a lot of it, but it's not like football is the only thing happening. Right. And I have fallen into a lot of old habits. Like it, it's just really easy. Like I don't, I'm not eating well, I'm not sleeping well. I have been trying to stay consistent with working out. And mm -hmm. even that was really tough in September, particularly like September, just like, I don't know. So it's hitting a bye week finally like eight weeks into a season mm -hmm. nebraska also had a week zero so like my season has been very bizarre after yeah. like what 2020 was 
it's kind of been like a little bit of a wake up call two days into a bye week to be like, oh, wow, I'm really off. Like, I'm just really, really off. There is absolutely no balance in my life. None whatsoever. I think it's just been hard in general um, for whatever reason. I mean, (laughs) if you think about it, we're coming up on two years in this pandemic. And um, at what point does it become an endemic? I mean, it's something you live with. I mean, I think we're there, but uh, I think so. It's 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 been hard for a lot of people, I think, um, myself included, just to continue that balance. I think Mm -hmm. that um, it was a little bit easier in the beginning because it was something that you had to focus on. Um, other than what was happening. Um, but I've even found myself that it's just, it's been hard. Um, I don't know why, but I think I'm just, um, exhausted in general at this point with a lot of most things. (laughs) And so I feel you. Yeah. I was actually just listening to, uh, every one thing I actually started at the beginning this year and I've, I've been consistent with, in fact, I'm like looking forward to my Spotify year in review just to see Mm. this is I made a conscious effort to every single day, wake up and listen to a number of just news podcasts. So like every day for the most part, I listen to NPR's just daily news recap. And then also typically the New York times has the daily, which I always recommend the daily, but it's hit or miss. There are sometimes, and I think I've brought it up on this podcast too. There are sometimes where I don't love the story. I appreciate what they're trying to do, but unfortunately, just like with anything, some weeks are hits and in their case, every day, some days are hits, some days are misses with podcasts. You can't win them all. Um, it just is the nature of a podcast. Like you're not going to have a, a gold medal star every single week. And that's the case with their episodes. But I do feel like it has taught me. I think I'm much more just like cognizant and aware of what's going on without needing to feel like I have to watch the news every single day. It's like, yeah. I'm staying up to date. I'm staying aware. And my point here is, I was just actually before we recorded this one, listening to NPR's daily podcast. And they were talking about how this pandemic has really, really continued to bring to light mental health issues for not just children, but for parents. And these are things that they want to be clear were not just something that came up in the pandemic. They were all there pre pandemic, but because we were living lives that were just like basically masking everything by just being so busy going, going, going that now people are kind of going They're They're almost having to face because there's so much more compounding life has changed. Like yeah. you said, I think it's at this point, this is an endemic. Like we're not like, this is the new normal, if you mm-hmm. will. And it was just like, you know, kind of having that grace, continuing to always say that having that grace of understanding that like, the the like do you remember like at the beginning of the pandemic when like commercials would always be like in these unprecedented times like yeah these times are just precedented now and yeah. we need to really sit back and like understand the importance of mental health and how it is affecting each like ourselves how it's affecting others how mm-hmm. it's affecting kids and it's not just the pandemic that is affecting mental health these are things that have existed we just have not addressed them yeah and i feel like in the last like year and a half there are there are a lot of millennials and also gen zers who are like really putting in work to understand like what is going on with our mental health and why yeah. is this the standard that we allow why are we okay with this is this should this be what we're okay with yeah i i you know what's funny uh, ironic. I always say funny when I mean ironic. Um, Isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> don't you think? Um, 
<laughs> I almost started singing the rest of the song, but I will spare our listeners. Um, but uh, I saw a TikTok this morning um, where someone someone had said something to this gal and she was like, um, the, the comment was, you're, a, you're just obsessed with yourself at this point. But the takeaway from this TikTok was, I, I know what not being confident in myself is. Mm-hmm. I already lived that for a really long time. And I put in a lot of work with my mental health to get to where I am, where I'm comfortable with myself. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. And the only person that we have to 100% live with the rest of our lives is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that more and more people are starting to realize that. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's not... Um, you know, everybody else being the problem necessarily. Maybe sometimes a lot of that stuff is us. It's our side of the street stuff that we need to to look at and take care of the best that we can. And um, so I guess the one takeaway for me from through all of this for the last year and a half is like the fact that people are more willing to do that work, I think is promising like going forward, even if it's just for self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll get off my soapbox, but I, I thought that once you said that, that I'd throw in the fact that I was on TikTok this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love TikTok ever. We, we know I've like slowly brought more people into the TikTok sphere. I'm not saying I brought you into TikTok, you and Sadie, especially with like Meathead Test Kitchen have done such a good job of, um, just reaching listeners and connecting with people there. I like, I love it. Uh, but like, I love seeing new people every single time somebody's like, Oh, I was hesitant to TikTok, and now I'm on it. And I spend four hours on the app. Like, yeah, yeah. we all probably need healthier TikTok habits, <laughs> but I don't leave the app feeling bad. In fact, I learn so much on it. And that's probably the cool part is whether it's like under the desk news and I legitimately learn news or I'm learning a recipe like mm-hmm. Emily Mariko right now, she's kind of the thing and I, I can't eat salmon. So like her salmon recipe doesn't work for me. It's good. Um, um, it is really good. I've been like, eating it for two weeks for lunch. <laughs> I So I've learned stuff from her. Like, for yeah. instance, watching her food prep, like I've never thought about like, oh, if you cut up all your carrots and you put them in water and you seal them, it's going to keep the carrots fresher longer. Like these yeah. are things that like when I like say it out loud, I'm like, oh, that seems obvious, but I just never thought about it. Or like I bought some cilantro mm-hmm. at the store this weekend. And so she puts cilantro, she cuts the ends, she puts it in water and then she wraps the plastic back around it. Like these are things that like I had never thought about doing to keep my food fresher longer. And I'm learning from her. So if you're somebody who is like, I don't get TikTok, I also get that. But I'm just going to say it is it is more than like people dancing, although that stuff is still there and very fun. You actually can learn quite a bit. And I do feel like I walk away from it having a greater understanding of things that I didn't yeah. before. Or so, even people. Yeah. Or, or even people. That's a super fair. That's a super fair way of saying that. Now, one thing like we'll start here because this is the good. There's kind of like two topics this week that I sent to Sasha when we were like, we always kind of like right before this, we're like, what do you want to talk about? And the nice thing is, is like every single week, like there's always news <laughs> and stuff that just presents itself. So we're going to start with like the happier thing. Yeah. Um, while people might be focused on the NBA season getting started here shortly. Um, the WNBA season just came to an end. The Chicago sky, um, defeated the Phoenix Mercury. And I 
that is their first ever WNBA uh, title. So very, very exciting. Um, I'm grabbing and I realized like, I'm such a dummy. I was grabbing all of these articles and I grabbed the wrong one. Cause I was reading all the different like game finals. And I grabbed yeah. one that like, um, didn't, ma- didn't matter. <laughs> um, sorry, everyone. Okay. Here we go. Now we're back at it. So yes, first WNBA title, they erased an 11 point deficit in the fourth quarter to win. Um, it was a very exciting, um, game. If you, a lot of people tuned in, in fact, we'll get to that. It had great viewership. Mm. Um, they're getting ready for, I believe the day that we are recording. This is the day that they're going to have their big, um, celebration chance the rappers expected to speak um they dedicated some of the players dedicated the win to um kobe bryant and his daughter i mean there's just a lot of like good vibes feeling around it but just if if for some reason you didn't get a chance to catch this uh the sky had just this like i'm i'm using the word from the chicago tribune because i really i i appreciate people who cover these teams and like full time and understand and So I just want to say they called it a miracle run. I really like that. Mm. Uh, They set the WNBA record for most wins in one postseason with eight in route to the franchise's first title. Um, Their coach and general manager had a great quote, but ended it with, we did it because we believed and we probably did something that no one has ever done. And yeah, it's, it's a very exciting, um, very exciting moment in history. I think this last year of the pandemic especially has really showed people like they need to be paying attention to more than just, so I have like 15 different thoughts here, but like throughout this whole thing, people were frustrated by like where ESPN was putting these games. Like if they're on ESPN two and not on the flagships, you know, the flagship net like station of the network. Like there are a lot of things that like we still have to address, but because of the fact that like through the pandemic, we are becoming more aware of like, for instance, with women's volleyball, the collegiate volleyball, when ESPN's like, Oh, we've never provided announcers. And people are like, wait, hold up. Now that I have the time to sit back and think about this, what are you talking about? You've never provided announcers for the first couple of rounds. Like, don't you think that you should like, these are opportunities for, us as viewers and consumers to kind of go like, you know what? The WNBA deserves all of the attention and more because the onion bless them. Um, (laughs) had a, had their like quote unquote story. And the headline was Chicago sky celebrate first ever mention in sports section. Um, and the way that this, and we can link all of these stories at hailvarsity.com. I want to, I want to be sure that like, we're not plagiarizing any of this. Go, go check those links. If you want to go read these for yourself, but yeah. following an 80 to 74 win over the Phoenix Mercury, the Chicago sky erupted in celebration this week after clinch, clinching the franchise's first ever mention in a newspaper sports section. They said it would never happen in Chicago, but here we are right at the bottom of the page in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, laugh, so it's kind of it's it's like it's like the whole little thing that they put together is like, oh, gosh, but it's so true. Like, how yeah. often do things kind of just get like like relegated to or you know, just passed aside to like, oh, we'll just put a little bit of like a blurb here. Or we'll just like a casual mention here when like these teams deserve more because I sent this to, 
I sent this to Sasha. This is just through the finals game too. Um, so I, I need to go get the like most updated ones, but through game two. So game two of the WNBA finals, uh, drew an average of 789,000 viewers on ESPN. It's the most viewed game two since the 2003 finals. It peaked at 1 million viewers on Wednesday night. Um, it was the most viewed finals game since the game five of the 2017 finals. So like, obviously the interest is there. Um, they talked about this, this, this is coming from the website, just women and just women's sports. We could link this as well, but tickets were sold out for these arenas. It's not like you see the photos of it. The arenas are full. You have major star power on the sidelines. Like I said, chance the rapper was one of them. Um, but you have people showing up supporting being a part of it. And Candace Parker said, I think of the sellout said, I think that this just says a lot where the league is and where the league is going. Um, we've talked about this before. You can't grow women's sports if you do not make it accessible for people to watch, if you do not make it accessible for people to attend. Like, clearly the interest is there. We know that women's softball, collegiate softball is one of the, like, it is more viewed. Just, it is more viewed than the men's, than men's baseball. Like, that's not disrespecting men's baseball. It's It's just women's softball has a massive following and they show up. And it's so, it's... (laughs) Bless the student's heart. I loved her answer. So I spoke to a group of journalism students and was kind of talking through some of these different things in women's sports. And she was like, don't forget softball. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And I, I brought up the college world series, the difference between the men's and the women's and the viewership. And she goes, no, but all season. I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is like consistently all season long women's softball outperforms men's baseball as far as viewership on TV, but yet you still see more baseball on your TV. You still see uh, more baseball covered in your local newspaper. You still see more baseball just about everywhere. And, you know, I think it's just, these are old habits and we have to be cognizant of it and break them because the Chicago sky and the Chicago and Phoenix deserved everything. Like they deserved all of the same attention everything that any other team would get think of like the nba finals like why are we not you know blowing up this whole thing with how much excitement and everything else it's just i'm so excited for the chicago sky i hope this is a step in the direction of the wnba getting the attention it deserves but i'm glad that people still called out the fact that like hey these games need the same level of time and attention from the networks that take them as any of the any of the other sports by men like absolutely so anyway i'm so excited for the chicago sky but like i said it can we can still do better (laughs) yeah yeah there's always room for improvement i like when you sent those articles over like i had kind of seen some stuff on twitter but i was like i didn't hadn't realized that the the games were sold out as well and i was like that's freaking awesome like that's badass Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it continues to grow too. Like viewership in 2020 was up significantly from the year before viewership in 2021 is up from 2020. Mm -hmm. It's just another example that when you provide women's sports, the, a fair platform, you provide them. And that's arguing was this fair, but like my point being like when you provide the space for people to be able to see it, because I know like for a lot of people, we talked about this on this podcast as well. Um, 
if you don't had if you didn't have WNBA TV, which was not very expensive, but if like yeah. that was something that just wasn't in your budget, which everyone like there's a there's a point of privilege to be like, oh, just go get, you know, WNBA TV, just go pay for it. That's not possible for everyone. Everyone has different circumstances. So there are people who might be going, yeah, I would love the ability to go watch every single game, but I can't. And so how do you get more of these games on ESPN, ESPN two on Fox sports on yada, 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 yada. Like there's so much programming to be had. And like, it's just like, I understand that costs money for these networks, but at the same time, it's clear that when you put the money into it, the money does come back because you do have people who show up for it. That is what these WNBA finals showed. People wanted to watch people were going to tune in. So there you go pitch that to your advertisers be like look at what people are showing up for it doesn't feel like rocket science to me no not at all like just like with anything else i mean if you provide you know a bigger a bigger platform or more opportunity for people to have access to something obviously you're gonna one you're gonna gain more fans Mm -hmm. um just based on the product, um, and how, how great it is. Um, but two, why wouldn't you want to expand where people can see these games? Yeah. I mean, this is just like, this is just good business sense. This is just Mm -hmm. dollars, like making sense. WNBA TV ratings skyrocketed in 2021. And this is also coming from just women's sports. Viewership was up 51% across the ESPN networks, ABC, ESPN, ESPN two, and the CBS television networks, for the WNBA TV in 2021. That just makes good business sense. When you have something that is growing at a 50 per, like you have a 50% increase over previous viewership. Like I would be like, how do I get more of this on my, on my network in 2022? And how do I go pitch this to like every advertiser possible? Because that is, that is buying power. Like when we talk about when people love to do that thing, of like, oh, well, men's sports just make all this money. Like, it it's not seen like you can't use that point when women's sports are also not being given the same platform exactly. or the same access and availability. Like, my we we like it sounds like a broken record, but when we talk about the uh, March Madness and how the women were not allowed to carry that name for the basketball tournament, we'll carry it for the very first time in 2022. The thing that is massively frustrating to me about that is the men's side of it was, was benefiting from something that should have also been benefiting the women because when advertisers were buying into the men's tournament, when they were buying into the March Madness name, so you're Powerade and you're buying into this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're also buying into the women's side of things too. You're not just buying into the men's side. So why were they treating the women differently? Why were they giving all of the perks to the men? And they go, well, the viewership's better. Well, sure. It's a lot better when you don't provide the coverage to the women. Yeah. And that's the kind of the point I was trying to make, you know, like, I hate that argument just because it's, it's a blanket statement and it doesn't really get into the nuances of why it, why, why it appears that way. If you don't have a platform, that's the same, like the same, you're on the same Mm -hmm. network uh, or networks. How is it? How are you going to get those numbers up or how are you going to have more viewership if it's only streamed online? Mm -hmm. Like that's the point that we're trying to make here. 
Yeah, it's it's all about accessibility because yes. I mean, here's the thing is like when you start to look at like if you are somebody who's a, just a fan of basketball, I mean, what the what the Chicago da- Sky did was incredible. So this is I'm reading this directly from the Chicago Tribune's uh, recap. But before Sunday, no team had won the WNBA finals after ranking outside of the top two in net rating. The Sky's 1.5 net rating was sixth in the league in the lowest mark of any WNBA champion. But throw out advanced analytics, the historical narratives, and everything in between. This playoff run was about every person in the organization coming together as one and finding this groove at the right time. Like, this was a phenomenal thing that happened. What the Chicago Sky did is something that, like, when you talk about the greatest moments in, like, sports history, this is absolutely one piece. This is Mm -hmm. one that should be a piece of that. This should be a part of the bigger conversation of, like, your, like, your Rudy's and your miracles on ice and all of these other stories where you're like, Oh, this is so incredible that this thing happened a hundred percent. But if you are somebody who maybe got busy with life and did not realize that the WNBA finals, like this may have slipped by you. And that's, that's, you know, there's a, there's a responsibility on us to also seek these things out. But I also don't want to fault somebody who's like, I was not aware because if you're not getting that coverage, if you're not seeing it plastered all over your TV, like you basically like with the, with the NBA finals, get advertisements nonstop on every network you watch. It's like, you'll, you don't want to miss this. And they like, you just, you can't miss it. Like, you know, it's coming. Even if you're not a basketball fan, you're like, okay, I know the NBA finals are happening because it's literally everywhere on my television right now. I can't say the same for the WNBA. So these are areas where like, we have to keep working because there's obviously interest. And when the interest um, is met with fair coverage, like that is like, again, that is just smart business. That is business sense for any network, any organ, like anybody who's like any brand who wants to advertise, like we're just talking dollars here, people like that's it. Like go, go put your money and invest it because it's, it's going to pay off for you. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Well, in the not so good news front of the week. So not to like, take like a hard, like, just like we, like if we're driving right now, we are just about to like, just take a, really sharp 90 degree turn i almost said 180 and that wouldn't have made like really any sense 90 90 degrees 90 um my my mind always does that with like 180s and 360s where you're like wait that just puts me back exactly where i was or actually just work yeah you're just turning around. around. <laughs> um, anyway, we're just going to take a very sharp turn. This is not like if you're listening to like your Google Maps, this is not a like slight right. This is a sharp right. Yes. Um, because the other big piece of news as we're recording this is that Washington State has fired its football coach, Nick Rolovich, over his failure to be vaccinated against COVID-19. I found the NPR article. I originally sent Sasha the ESPN article, but just a little like tip for everyone, like even ESPN, like NPR is fairly like in the middle. Like if you look at like the biases of um, media companies and networks, like NPR is, NPR is fairly like down the middle. Like they're pretty like no biases either way. A little bit, they lean a little bit left. I'll give you that. Like it's just the hair to the left, but not much. Like, so I try to always seek out NPR when I can, because I'm like, this is probably 
the most fair way of putting it. And in fact, the headline, (laughs) the difference of the headlines was very stark. Like, it's just interesting, like how whatever. And it's just funny because ESPN is like, obviously like in great, like in like engrossed in its own like situation right now with like mandating vaccines through its parent company, Disney. Mm -hmm. So it's just funny to like read headlines. (laughs) Yeah, here we are. So anyway, here is the like just little recap from NPR. Again, we will link this in the show notes, but head football coach Nick Rolovich was fired by Washington State University for refusing to get a COVID-19 vaccine as required by a mandate for state employees. Four of Rolovich's assistant coaches, Ricky Logo, John Richardson, Craig Stutzman, and Mark Weber were also terminated by the university for failure to get COVID to get fully vaccinated by Monday. He is being replaced. Rolovich is being replaced by defensive coordinator Jake Dickert, who will be elevated to acting head coach. Rolovich was the highest paid public employee and was one of the highest paid public employees in Washington history. Uh, in Washington history, in the Washington state with a salary of $3.1 million. Under the state mandate, workers at state colleges and universities were required, are required to get the vaccine. The mandate also covers public charter, private school teachers and staff, healthcare workers and state troopers. So really quick, um, kind of give you some backstory on this. If you're if you're somehow only coming across the Nick Rolovich story for the first time, which I doubt for most people they are. But in July, he attended the Pac-12 um, Media Days conference by Zoom because he would not basically in-person participants were required to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. He said at the time that he was not planning to get it for reasons which will remain private. And he said he basically respected other people's decision, but it was just not something he was going to do and would not comment further. Um, he re- he did seek a religious exemption, uh, but the state's Washington state's rules were extremely limited for those exemptions. Now, to be fair, this is all being reported by NPR, but they went and looked at the Northwest Public Broadcasting uh report and they had said as of October 7th that about 6,069 state employees had sought exemptions and about 84% of those requests were were approved. Now you might be going, so wait, 84% of these like 6,000 plus people who had, who had sought exemptions got them, but Nick Rolovich didn't. It's a conspiracy. They're out to get him. Here's the difference. Under the rules, according to the Northwest Public Broadcasting Report, anyone whose job, job is public facing which involves direct care or puts them in close proximity to colleagues could not be accommodated in their current position. Regular tests and wearing masks did not matter in these guidelines. So because of this, so again, it's important to like look at the bigger context because if you saw that 6,069 state employees and 84% had their requests approved, but not Nick Rolovich, you're yelling, you're upset School officials said a small number of university workers chose not to get the vaccine because they are a part of that subset of people who are public facing. They're in direct contact with people every day. This changed. This changed how the exemptions work. Now, Nick Rolovich, to be clear, has also been vaccinated against other things, which is a problem with the religious exemption that he tried to get because you don't you don't get to say like, um, my religion is against the COVID vaccine, but is totally fine with mumps, measles, and rotab- uh, like MM- like yes. the MMR vaccine. Like I am, my my religion's cool with that, but it's not with the COVID vaccine. Like 
The problem is, is he had been he has been vaccinated against other things that were not religious exemptions for him. So this all went into the consideration. Um, It's just okay. so their president, I'll finish here. And again, this is all coming from NPR. Please go read support NPR. They do a great job of just like providing just straight information. Mm -hmm. But Washington state's president, Kirk Schultz, said in a statement, while much has been made of the relatively small number of university employees who are not complying with the governor's mandate, we are immensely grateful that nearly 90% of WS, WSU employees and 97% of our students are now vaccinated. Um, he went on to say that um, w- Washington, WSU is really hard to say, <laughs> Washington State students, faculty, and staff understand the importance of getting vaccinated and wearing masks so that we can safely return to in-person learning and activities. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know I've just said a lot, but let me just say this one last little piece. I, I have followed uh, Brian Floyd on Twitter. He has worked for SB Nation, Banner Society. He is currently at SB Nation and he wrote a, he wrote a commentary on how Nick Rolovich did this to himself. He's been very, he has like gone really hard at Nick Rolovich over the last few months. And he has gotten a lot of people on Twitter all fired up and attacking him. Like, how dare you do this? But like, I got to give him credit. Like he's been very outspoken of like, but here's the thing. I was reading this commentary, which again, I'll read, please go read Brian Floyd's uh, words because he is somebody who like has direct experience with him. Mm -hmm. Um, So he talks about like, he started to become aware of him when he was at Hawaii. Like he, he like really like kind of like respected what he did at Hawaii Um, talks about how they were excited to see him at Washington state because it seemed like he was a program builder, but here's the part, the crux that really got it for me. So I just need to read this part. These are, these are Brian Floyd's words, but it kind of hit me. I don't understand what happened between the beers at the village pub and the United movement into August, 2020 Rolovich was dealt the worst hand to start off with and handled it with incredible grace. In the first few months on the job at Washington state, the universe gave him a global pandemic. I hate global pandemic. You just use pandemic, but it's become a thing. I'm not hating on Brian. Literally everyone says global (laughs) pandemic now and Bryce Beacon Beekman's tragic death. He bonded and brought people together in these difficult, unprecedented situations. It was truly impressive to watch. I especially don't understand what happened between then and now, as Rolovich has refused to be vaccinated against COVID-19 while clamming up and taking a defensive posture against anyone who has asked him about it in both public and private, who has asked about it in public and private. It goes against who he showed himself to be at the beginning of his time at Washington State, but it's something that one can't just forget either. It's difficult to reconcile the leader that Rolovich has been with the lack of leadership he has displayed in critical situations that affect the future of those around him as a head coach Rolovich is responsible for the lives and livelihoods of hundreds it's never ever just about him even before the vaccine controversy I struggled to understand why why a supposed players coach would take such a strong position against players trying to express their rights morally I couldn't square denying food and access to team members expressing their concern about civil rights athlete rights and health and safety during a pandemic it was such an extreme reaction out of step with every other coach in college football that it made no sense at the time it seemed like a red flag in hindsight that red flag had sirens and flashing lights around it so 
Rolovich is also known during the pandemic to have been pretty um, basically lacking understanding and empathy with his players. Um, if players did not want to, per- like there was a whole thing in 2020, just to refresh everyone's memories, that if players did not want to, they could essentially opt out of a season without having affect their status on a team, have it affect um, their eligibility. And um, Rolovich was one that like did not like that. Basically, if you did not want to be a part of the team for those reasons, like he took issue with it. So basically what Brian Floyd is saying is he started out like with, he started out his time at Washington state and he also started as a coach. Yes. Very blunt, very much who he is even today, but like it, it came across very differently than what we have now learned over the last year and a half of him. And it just, it's hard to square that. It's hard to kind of square like, well, who is this versus who we thought we knew. And I think that's where um, a lot of the, criticism beyond just the decision has come from is trying to square that. And a lot of people want to do the whole like, well, he deserves a choice. He, he has the freedom to make a choice. And the difference is y'all, if you think that that's an issue here, if you think he did not have a choice, Nick Rolovich absolutely had a choice. This was a decision that he made. He made the choice not to get vaccinated and there were consequences based on that choice. There were consequences through his employer that, that were a part of the choice that he made. We have to stop doing this thing where we go, but what about freedom? There was no freedom taken here. He literally expressed his freedom and now he does not have a job, but he knew that that was a part of the choice that he made. It's not a thing where like you can go, well, this is really unfair for him. It's not, not. he made a choice. We've, we've brought this up a few times, but there are consequences to your choices. Um, and I think the thing that a lot of people get hung up on is that it's not within a business's rights to mandate a vaccine. They're not making you have it. They're telling you if you would like to stay employed that within their rights as a business are wanting people to get vaccinated. I brought this up before we started recording, um, but let me bring this up. Sorry. Um, So the Society for Human um, Resource Management, I looked this up because I was like, I got to have a source, right? A vaccination mandate should be job related and consistent with business necessity. Under the ADA, an employer can have a workplace policy that includes a requirement that an individual shall not pose a direct threat to the health or safety of individuals in the workplace. That's what these mandates mean. At the end of the day, it is within a business's rights or a state's rights to have uh, vaccine mandates because ultimately at the end of the day, they're they're looking out for the employees of these entities and the people that they directly deal with. That's all. It's safety. It's a safety protocol. And it's the thing, the thing that's just massively frustrating here, which we've talked about before on this podcast is that there have been vaccine mandates for so many different things for so long. And they, they're again, put in place for these exact reasons when there are mandates to work somewhere or there are mandates to um, go to school. Um, One is a protection. So for instance, like think of like the universities that require meningitis shots. Uh, The chances of you getting meningitis are fairly low. uh, But the, the reality is if you are a student at a university living in a dorm and you can track meningitis because that is typically where 
meningitis is contracted is in living situations similar to a dorm. Yep. That could be something where the universe, the university is now li- like legally liable or yes. like could be held responsible for that. Mm-hmm. So they want to protect themselves and they're asking you, please get vaccinated because if there is some kind of breakthrough and you still get meningitis, which is incredibly possible, like that is the thing with yeah. vaccines is like, just because you're vaccinated against it does not mean that you yeah. cannot get the thing that you, that you have been vaccinated against. The hope is you don't spread it. It's, it's less significant for you. You don't end up in the hospital. This is the case. Like I'm not just talking about the COVID vaccine. Right. We're talking, All of I, yeah. I just got my flu shot and every year the flu shot is a gamble. Every yes. single year they look at what they think the strains are going to be and they give you your flu shot. And it's a little bit of a like, well, we hope we're right. Fingers crossed. But, but even if they get it wrong, even if they get it wrong, you're likely not going to have a significant of a reaction to the flu because of the fact that you still have something. So you're not going to end up in the hospital because of the flu. And by the way, everybody, just because it's called a flu shot, the flu shot is a vaccination. Just because the term shot has been associated and for whatever reason that makes people think it's not a vaccine, it is also a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's just, (laughs) I mean, it's a preventative measure against a viral infection. Oddly enough, like I should have just like known that this was going to how, you know, like the bones, no bones day on TikTok. Like if if Noodle has bones, you know, it's going to be a good day. If he doesn't, it's going to be a bad day. So in January 2020, I got the flu Mm -hmm. so bad. I was vaccinated against the flu, but I had just gotten the flu and it was like the worst flu of my life. Now, with that said, because I ended up going to my doctor about three mm-hmm. days in and I was like just a hair late on like getting Tamiflu. So the lesson is go early because mm-hmm. you can get your Tamiflu. But he even said he's like, you know, it probably really feels pretty terrible. But overall, like your health is still pretty good. Like your your numbers look great. Like you don't have anything like like my lungs sounded fine. Like he was basically like, you know, for having the flu, you feel pretty crappy, but overall, like your body is responding fairly well. Right. And it's probably because of the fact that I was vaccinated against the flu that year. So yeah, I still got the flu, but I was able to recover in about, I think it was like five or six days. Like I felt, I felt pretty bad by like day three. And then by day five, six, I was, I was better. Like I was just recovering. And I really truly believe that a lot of it has to do with the fact that I already had the flu vaccine. And it like I am not in any way discrediting that there are people for very legitimate reasons who cannot be vaccinated against right. different things like the thing that makes me the most mad about Nick, Nick Rolovich and his attempt to get a religious exemption is the fact that it takes away from people who legitimately need the exemption because it is something that they sincerely is. It's a part of their religion. It's a part of a it's, it's something bigger than what even like I personally realized. Mm-hmm. And he's taking advantage of that. Like he's taking right. advantage of this idea of like, well, my religion. And it's like, there are legitimate religious beliefs right. of like, eh, and, there and, are, and, and, uh, and beyond that, there are legitimately people who cannot get vaccinated. So mm-hmm. like <laughs> people who and are and those people could be, exactly those people could be on his staff. They could be within the walls of the building that he's working in. They could be on his team. I think a lot about like, so coach DeWitt, who was previously with Nebraska staff and he's now with North Carolina, he went through cancer treatments, thankfully is in remission today. But I think about him quite a bit sometimes where I'm like, you know, 
he's an example of why these mandates are important because if he was in the thick of it when this pandemic hit, like let's say he, the, his diagnosis came a year or two later in the thick of the pandemic, yeah. he would not have been able to get vaccinated because it would have just been like vaccines in that case against your immune system are just too much. So then you are hoping at that point that other people do their job. You're hoping at that point that other people go and they get vaccinated so that you can be protected. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you have to kind of live in fear. And I hate, I hate when like, I I hate it. I just cannot square myself with the people who want to be like, if you want to live in fear, then stay at home. Because like what they don't realize when they're saying that is they're saying that to people who like, right. Legitimately. Yeah. They, they have a right to live a little bit in fear, like to live in the idea of like, if I go outside, like into like a public space with a lot of people and they're not, there's, they're not vaccinated. Like I could get really, really sick. I mean, the, the just lack of empathy, the lack of empathy, like even just, oh my gosh, like this one was really wild for me yesterday. The fact that people want to keep using other people as like, talking points so like colin powell he Uh passed away from Uh complications with covid19 he like politics aside like is so sad so sad and just absolute like thoughts and prayers with his family like i'm not just saying that just to like pass by it i really do say like that is just uh it, he is somebody where you saw um, a lot of people come out and talk about like their experiences with him. And he clearly made an impact in, in yes. his lifetime. So now he was, he, he was 84 years old. He lived a long life. Now his complications, he was somebody who had underlying health conditions. He was um, very immune compromised. You, the thing that really, really upset me more than anything else yesterday is I saw some people on Twitter and it wasn't people I follow. It wasn't like, I just, I, I, I clicked on like a news link and I saw some of the replies on Twitter and was just horrified because people were basically going like, well, he was vaccinated and he still died. Like basically the vaccine is useless. And I appreciated a person came along that was like, he was incredibly immune compromised and he was 84 years old. Like, like the fact, yeah. I, I mean, like the fact that he, he, he was vaccinated to protect himself, but again, vaccines are not foolproof. You still are reliant on people around you, on your own immune system. There's so much more at play than that. It just, it gives you a little extra assurance. Like that is all that it can do. And there's still an inherent risk. Like people who like to do that thing of like, just stay at home. Like, I need you to understand, like I'm fully vaccinated. I plan to get the booster when it's available to me to do so. I plan to keep getting my flu shots every year. I plan to get like, I have no issue with these things, but please understand. I also understand my risk that I am still taking when I go to a football game for my job every week and I'm around thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that I don't know. There's a risk there. So to the person who gave me shit for wearing a mask in a stadium that they thought was empty without realizing there were players walking near me in that photo. They just were in the foreground. They weren't in the background. Mm -hmm. Literally get away from me. Like stop that because here's the thing. 
I am exposed to a lot of people in my job right now. Am I vaccinated? Yes. Do I feel like that is a good thing? Yes. Do I feel like I'm better protecting myself and hopefully protecting the people around me? Yes. But if I want to wear a mask because one, I'm asked to do so for the record, Mm -hmm. I am, it's literally mandated in the place where my, like where I go to gains. But even if it wasn't, I am in contact with players who I would assume don't want to have their seasons disrupted by me. Right. So I am trying to be as cautious and empathetic and mindful of things that don't really make a huge difference to me to just put on a mask, get vaccinated. Like, I think the key word here is empathy. Um, Ultimately, for me, at the end of the day, being vaccinated, wearing a mask, getting a flu shot isn't about me. Sure, it's an extra layer of protection for me, but I have a 90 year old grandma. Mm -hmm. And if I was the person who like was around her and got her sick. And that was on me because I didn't know I had it because I'm a fairly healthy 37 year old woman. I would be devastated for the rest of my life having to live with the guilt of that. She's also vaccinated, but when I'm even when I'm at her house, I'm standing far away from her or we're outside. All I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, it's the empathy part of this. You, I don't know what has happened to us societally that we are so, it comes off as extremely selfish that you don't want to take care of the other people around you. I don't give a shit if it's a stranger on the street. There yeah. are people out there who cannot get vaccinated because they are immunocompromised. They could it, be, they could have people at home, even if they are vaccinated, that they don't know they're carrying because you're being so selfish you won't get vaccinated or wear a mask in a crowded place like come that's on the thing that like nick rolovich in this decision he is a leader of he's a leader of young people he is a leader he is asked to be a leader of of so many and like it, it kind of is one of those things where like he showed in the beginning to people what seemed like leadership and yeah. seemed like he was a player's coach seemed like yeah he was blunt and whatever but like he got it and then in the end has really shown that it it's not he was not who he portrayed himself to be and I think for a lot of especially for Washington State fans I see a lot of kind of just like I see a lot of emotional response and I'm gonna just I'm just gonna also point out like that's completely okay like I can if you're a Washington State fan I, I imagine if like this was happening in Nebraska like emotional responses are understood we're human beings we are emotional and trying to square all of this together is very hard the thing for me is when we talk about empathy and having empathy for people I I saw a TikTok, I believe it was last night. It was in the last couple of days, but I really appreciated it where this woman, she said, I'm going to say something controversial. It's probably not controversial, but everyone loves to get mad at me. Um, she essentially said, I have a lot of friends that I disagree with. We, we fundamentally disagree on how we raise our children. We fundamentally disagree on how we live our lives. We fundamentally disagree on so many things and we have really heated conversations because of it. And she was like, and that's the difference between that and what we're talking about here is empathy. She's like, when I get into a conversation and I can tell that the person on the other side is not interested in having any kind of empathy it's it changes that it is no longer about well we can disagree to we can agree to disagree because i at least 
can respect you because I see you're coming from a place of empathy and a place of like compassion toward others. And I can understand like we can have this. She's like the second it it lacks that empathy and understanding it is a different, it, it is no longer a difference of opinion. It's a different difference of like legitimate beliefs and like like it, it it becomes so much greater than well we just don't agree on this one thing politically yeah. and i think that is what's happened as somebody who at one point really thought maybe i wanted to go into politics and i still do love the idea of politics but it has changed so much that yeah. like i try to think to myself like what has happened why is it so different and i think it's because it went from like um it went from like disagreeing on policy and like having like heated conversations about like, well, I don't agree with that because I like it, it it became, it became like, it became to a degree so personal and we're now not even arguing and disagreeing on politics. We're agreeing on like the fundamental way that we live our lives and the way that we have compassion and feelings towards others. And I think that that has, that has changed. And unfortunately we're not seeing it clearly enough where we're still going, well, it's politics. It's not, unfortunately it's not because if it was politics, I almost feel like we could maybe sort this out. Um, This has like gone so far off of like just who we are fundamentally as humans and the things that like are, I don't know um, the just the things that matter to us. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if anybody has run the Jules fans that listens to this podcast, but there's a line I that I always Jules. think of when these types of conversations come up. It always sticks out to me. And like every time I listen to the song, it kind of makes me emotional because it's true. The most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly, the travesty is you've been robbed of your empathy. Mm-hmm. And like we can we can come on this podcast every single week and and talk about these bigger these news stories and and our feelings on it but ultimately at the end of the day i i truly do think that the biggest um issue and the saddest thing to me is that i feel like sometimes we're not any longer like able to have conversations because there's such a lack of compassion and a lack of empathy for fellow human beings Mm-hmm. And um, it's really difficult to have conversations if those two things are lacking. Um, it, it does become personal. It's just an attack because, I, you know, I, I think that being this far into, I'm just going to start calling it an end, <laughs> being this far into an endemic at this point, um, I think that a lot of, a lot of us, um, it's exhausting, um, obviously, but I think that a lot of the reactions sometimes that we see are just because it gets um, difficult and draining to try to um, get other people around us that don't necessarily agree us agree with us to understand that at the end of the day, it's about empathy and compassion mm-hmm. for our fellow human beings. Like the bit every, you know, being kind is free. Like I could say that till I'm blue in the face, but if, if fundam- fundamentally at the end of the argument, it's just about not giving a shit about other people. It's not a conversation then. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll end what I have to say with this. This was kind of one of those things where it's like, this is what I'm talking about is on um, Sunday when I was flying home from Minneapolis, I was in the Minneapolis airport waiting through this line of security. And there was this one out of 
probably a hundred people. I'm not exaggerating out of a hundred people in this, you know, in the space waiting to get through security, there's this one um, man who was not wearing a mask. And there's obviously a federal regulation to have masks right now. And out of a hundred people, one person decided he did not need it. And um, the employees were asking him, please put your mask on. You won't be allowed through security. And he was being an absolute piece of shit about it. Like just absolutely like just rude. Um, not willing to hear them. These are people that are just trying to do their jobs. They did not ask to have to tell this man, um, put your mask on. And he just, he was clearly making people around him uncomfortable. He was making the employees uncomfortable. And it's just like, you know, that is a person that I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that we probably disagree pretty, pretty significantly on some stuff, but like, there's no, there's no, there's no conversation to be accomplished there because just in the way he interacted with people that he does not know, um, he was not interested in hearing the fact that like, this is a thing that you're just being asked to do for however long to get from point A to point B, a privilege, a choice that you have to travel in this way. And you are now ruining the days of the employees and the people around you because of this thing that you have decided that you are taking a stand against. And it's moments like that where I'm like, that person and I are not, um, we're, we're, that's when I think that TikTok comes to play where it's like, we're never going to be able to have a conversation, me and that individual, unfortunately, because uh, what can be accomplished, he has shown what is important to him and what matters. And it is to stand in a room of a hundred people who are trying to just go about their days and making himself a problem to everyone else. And, you know, that's really it with like Nick Rolovich, but like yeah. anyone else, like there is a choice to be had. Now I did not, because I was in the TSA pre-check line, this individual was in the, I, I never saw if that person got through security there. He very well could have been stopped and told you're not coming through until you put your mask on. He could have been told you're not flying. I have literally witnessed somebody be told you're not flying today because yeah. you're refusing to put your mask on. These are choices. They remain choices of your choices. It, it is a freedom to make that choice, but you yep. have to understand that there will be consequences that go along with them. Just like anything that you do. Um, me choosing to only drink diet Coke every day with no water will have consequences, but it is a choice I could make. Um, it's just, I think people convolute that like those aren't choices. They're hundred percent choices. You just don't like, you just don't like having to make the choice. You don't like the consequence. You don't want that the consequence the to the choice that that you ultimately make. Like yeah. this is fundamental life shit. Like mm -hmm. you make choices. There are consequences, both good and bad, to every choice that you make. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Like it's not any more. Um, it's not any harder than that. It's really not. And we could spend a lot of time mm -hmm. on this and we'll probably come back to it because we've talked about it before. But I think in this next week, go be good to people, show some empathy Please. as much as you can. Don't, you don't, I always preface this. Don't show empathy to somebody who's not giving you a reason to show empathy. Like you yeah. don't have to be like, you don't have to be, um, don't, don't also jeopardize your own mental health right. <laughs> in yeah. the process, but try to show empathy to people, show kindness. The world certainly needs more of it. This, this will be an interesting thing to watch at Washington state and sort of the ripple effects that it has elsewhere. Um, but again, it is the only instance at this time. Now, Washington, the state has a very different mandate than others do. So we'll see if that changes as um, other states maybe make the same choices, but you know, choices and consequences yeah. they're always there <laughs> yes absolutely
Well, some of you have sent us emails and if you have, um, I'm going to share them with Sasha. There, there's a couple of that are, uh, particularly like, um, longer that I want to spend more time with. So I don't want to just like throw them at the end of this, uh, podcast for the sake of being like, here we go. So like, stay tuned. We'll, we'll be, we'll, we'll circle back next week with more emails. We'll spend actually some time going through them. Um, but yeah, feel free to email us, mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. You can tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72. Um, we are not expecting to have another random week off. So don't worry. Like yes. if you email us, we will be available. It's just, you know, life happens. It happens every so often. So keep sending us emails, mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com. We love to hear from you. We will be back next week with more because certainly the world and world of sports and news don't stop. Oh, they so sure. the good news is like this podcast can exist forever. We'll be here 40 <laughs> years from now because it won't ever, the news will never stop. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, thank you as always for listening. We appreciate you, Sasha. Thank you for your time as well. And we will be back next week with more hot takes and goodness. We will talk to you then. Bye. A Huda Media Production.